Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Hey guys, before we begin the show today, I just want to say I would love if you came to see me live. It means so much to me. Thank you so much for listening to the show, but when you buy a ticket to come see one of my shows, I just feel so much better knowing that my podcast listeners, my besties are in the audience. I would love to see you next Friday, September 15th at the Chicago Theater. If you or someone you know lives in Chicago, tell yourself or let that person know that I'm going to be there. I would love, love, love for you to spread the word. It means so freaking much to me. And then the next night, September 16th, Saturday, I'm going to be in Peoria, Illinois at the Peoria Civic Center. So I hope to see you guys there. I love when you're at my shows. It makes me feel this warmth that, um, you know, no other fan of mine brings me. But shh, don't tell them. Um, I love you, besties. Enjoy the show today. Thank you. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Here I am. It's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am here in Los Angeles, California with my boyfriend who is now 42 years old. Yeah, that's true. 42 years old. Hey, everybody. Hey, it's Chris Convy <laughs> from wow. the Courtney Show podcast. Chris Convy, um, everybody. Mm-hmm. The night on the eve of his uh, 42nd birthday, I played Come and See, I Swear By Now. I just started playing it in bed. And it's oh. like, it's Dave Matthews and he goes is this number 41 and I was like you're damn right it is it's the only time you can ever listen to it ever again because once you age out of this song you can't go back oh and I was so sad <laughs> it's to, a good song to not have to listen to Dave Matthews it's a good anymore. song don't it's you dare number 41? don't you dare I'm just saying wait the co- song is called number 41 it was just okay. the 41st song he wrote and so instead of naming it he just oh. called it number 41 and it has nothing to do with the song anyway um the whole show is here brian frangie is here hello um 
check out his new clip. Uh, I posted on my story yesterday um, because we're recording this. To, I posted on my well, story today, day but it's yesterday to you. Um, but you can go check his uh, new, he has a new um, cartoon out of, uh, about Burning Man that is so, so funny. Um, that is on Brian Frangie uh, on his Instagram. Yeah. You go see it. F-R-A-N-G-E. Yeah, Brian spelled the name way you're supposed to. And it's kind of podcast way. related because I went on that rant <laughs> at the last episode. Yeah. And now now you know why. Because I was still, I was really feeling that. Yeah, because you stayed up till like 3 a.m. making, 3.30 in the morning yeah. that, the eve of the last podcast making that. Yeah, sometimes cartoon. it's worth it. I'm not sure if it's ever worth it to do something like to- somewhat topical, but yeah, if, I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I have so many feelings about this Burning Man thing and I just want to make a video about it. And then I'd like sacrificed like Labor Day weekend uh, to make this cartoon and I stayed up until 3.30 a.m. on Monday so I could release it on Tuesday. And I'm not 100% God. sure if it was worth to do worth it. It's I totally like worth it. I'm it 100%. So like, how many yeah. times can I do that? How many days will I sacrifice yeah. to make a... What are you, you talking can't do that about? Often. You're you an artist. You can't sacrifice sleep. Yeah. You think Once Van Gogh was bitching about being up till 3 a.m. after fucking making well, a starry so, night? Not do that. He was so tired he killed himself. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he, he lost went an literally ear. Mad. <laughs> Yeah, I would say once a quarter is when is when I um I allow myself to have those like things where I I don't sleep enough and I have burnout. Yeah, fatigue, burning man out. About once, burning yeah. man out. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think covered, it's worth it. Go check that clip out. He covered the socio political spectrum that I for I didn't realize. Like you hit something new for me, where I was like, "Yes!" Like the best comedy does that. It makes you realize something you subconsciously knew but had never thought. Oh you're my like, god! Fuck! Yeah. That's why it bugs me. That's yes. it. Like everyone I know that goes, not everyone. No, a not lot everyone. of people I know who go there are trust fund kids. And you're yes. right. There's anyway. Go look at the Burning Man clip. That I don't is such a good spoil. compliment because. Well, first of all, um, I purposely did not make fun of like granola hippies that go to Burning Man because I don't I don't think that there's anything to really make fun of them for. I I the, the, the 1980s Burning Man in San Francisco where it's just like a bunch of granola hippies going there to experience like their community that to me is fine. It's what it's become that the, is the purpose of the cartoon. But what you just said was like the exact conversation I had with Allie. I walked into the living room. She's sitting there. She's watching um, Seinfeld in its entirety, by the way, which makes me very proud. Whoa. She's on season eight right now. That's fun. It makes you very what? <laughs> proud. Oh, yeah, for sure. I thought yeah. you were going to say mad. I was like, yes, that's awesome. So I walk in while she's watching uh, uh, season eight of Seinfeld and I go, I think I have to do it. And she's like, what? And I was like, I think I have to make a Burning Man cartoon, even though I don't want to stay up until fucking four o'clock in the morning. And then I had this discussion with her, which is almost exactly what Anya said, which is like, I don't just want to say the same thing that everyone else is saying. I need to come up. I, it's like also like the Rachel Ziegler thing, which is like, I know I have an emotion about this, but I can't articulate right. it. And so I need, I need to be the Fox woman of my own existence <laughs> and come up with the reason why i feel this way and and i did and i I think i did i think i came up with a different um reasoning as to why this whole like why was i happy that burning man got mudded out why would that make me happy (laughs) and so i explored that mine's usually like i'm jealous yeah no not me 
<laughs> Not yeah. yeah. You want the I mean, billionaire bros to be punished. Yes. But as they no, should. but isn't that as they also should. a sword? As they <laughs> should. <laughs> Call back. Um, isn't though, isn't that also jealousy? Because we kind of want their money. Well. Doesn't it all stem from that? I'm not, I'm not saying that you're je- jealous of those people. I'm just putting it out there. Like, doesn't it stem from a place of like, why do we hate ri- rich people? It's because they're, they're evil and greedy and all that stuff. But don't we kind of like, aren't we a little bit like, I want it. Well, sure. Of course no. we want the money. But I think my thing was. Well, I think. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Well, it's like, well, like, I think it's the arrogance that comes with, mm. with that. Like they were an entitlement or like, you know, the, I mean, I think the fact that you're calling out trust fund people, like they have done nothing. It's that beautiful saying, um, that, uh, they were born on third base and they think they hit a triple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That beautiful saying that meant nothing to me until <laughs> someone had until to describe it until I had to think about it really hard. Uh, but that happens all the time yeah. where people think that they've done something oh, special good, that Chris. they deserve to be entitled mm-hmm. and deserve to be, you know, uh, a level of confidence that they haven't earned. Mm. And I think calling those people out is, I don't think it's based in jealousy over what they have. Yeah. But it's most of the yeah. people that I actually know that have been to Burning Man that are burners, if you will, are totally cool, nice middle-class people who do not fall into that category. But I'm just taking your word for it, Brian, that there's this whole new contingent of people that have, Maybe ruined it. Oh, no, yeah. They did a study um, and they found that um, it's now over 16% of the people who attend Burning Man have a income of over $300,000 a year. So it really is like becoming a playground for the rich. And like my my point of the video was to say that it's it's not just about being rich and like spending your money on something that you want to do because how can you blame them for that it's that i just feel like people who go there they come back with an air of superiority like they experience something so incredible when it's like no you're flailing for some reason because i don't understand why you're not happy with all this money and then you go and you think that driving around in a neon car is going to fix your fucking problem. Like that was your transformative experience <laughs> yes. that you fucking climbed onto a pirate ship with a bunch of like smelly people for 10 days and danced around on shrooms. And you're telling me that that's the answer <laughs> that that's what I should be doing. This is honestly, this is exactly how I feel about having kids. Like I, when I was seeking, like why do people want to have them? I was doing the same thing you were doing of like, this thing bothers me. I don't know why it does. I can't understand why it irks me so much. And it's more than just I'm of a certain age where it's like time to decide. It's like, and and the thing is, it's the same exact route. I think people do it because they're flailing in life. And they don't have, they, they're flailing. Flailing is a great word. That's it. Where I'm like, stop pretending like you're doing it for other reasons other than you're flailing. (laughs) And that's okay. Like I, it just admit that that's it. That, cause I say on stage now, I don't want to give away if you're coming to see me on tour, um, tickets on sale now, (laughs) NikkiGlazer.com. But this is one of my favorite things to do right now. And thank you to all the besties who wrote me about why you wanted kids, why you, why you want kids, why you did want kids, why you don't want kids. Like so many people wrote me, keep 
keep sending me stuff. I will. I might write back just like, I might heart it, but I read your paragraphs about this stuff because I am fascinated in people's uh, reasoning. I used one, I, I like use every log- answer that people have given me in yeah. my set because I want to cover them all. I don't want to leave anyone out being like, oh, she's just doing the thing where she just says the thing that she wants to prove her oh, point. Yeah. I want to like, give everyone's example so no one in the audience which so often when I watch stand up I'm like but he's not uh, he's making fun of vegans but he didn't even hit my point yes right which is like I'm not or whatever like it's like you just want to feel represented Represented? <laughs> represented. Represented. Is that right? No. Oh my god. Represented. What's going I like on? It represented. <laughs> represented. Represented. Okay. Yes. That seems like there's not enough syllables. <laughs> so okay. Um, but uh, my point was, I think that um, yeah, I say that uh, people have kids because they don't have meaning in yeah. their lives. But when you say that, you you mean some people. You don't mean most people, I right? think most people uh, have kids because they need meaning in their lives. I think that is the, the main reason. And I don't think that's a bad reason to have kids. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I think that's like somehow like not a, I think that's the best reason to have kids is because, and I think it's, it gets at the, like, I wish more people would admit that. Like, I don't really have a lot going on. I need some meaning in my life. That's why people yeah. go on X, like go to Burning Man. That's why people, yeah. they don't, cause they have jobs that suck. Their marriage is kind of boring or whatever. Like they, or their marriage is fine, but it's just like, just scooting by. It's just kind of like, there's people like to like be on an expedition sure. in life. And I say that like, I don't want kids because my life has meaning because of, what I do on stage and I go, it's not because, and I'm not saying my meaning is better than yours. My meaning is actually stupider than yours. (laughs) I just happen to have one that makes me not want kids. I think that's why I don't want kids is because I'm, I'm still striving for something. And not that if you want kids, you're not striving anymore. I know some people are like, well, I still strive and I'm Tina Fey. I still create shows and I have kids too. So her reason might be different, but I think the bulk of the reasoning is a meaningless existence and you want to fill that with it. But then some people have a very meaningful existence. Like they have a career they love, let's say, but uh-huh. they have still space and time in their lives. They want more meaning. And to me, I think... They want they, more meaning. Yeah. They're the type of people that want more meaning, can handle more meaning, have a partner that can help them actualize that, raise those kids. You know, and for me, I was able to be like, okay, I, I respect that. I just don't have the setup that would make that work. Like, I would be fr- like so anxious if I was in their shoes because I'd be like, I can't juggle all these plates. I don't have yes. a partner that can help me juggle these plates. Tell me about it. I'm um, speaking of the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ju- I'll juggle right now. Yeah, you can juggle. Actually, he's looking for plates. I'll juggle right out of this relationship. <laughs> the extra syllables no, I, I, in uh, in the words. So you're trying to say represent? Oh my god! Look, he's doing. Oh he's he's juggling mints, a wallet, and That's keys. That's hard to do. That's Those really are all good. different weights. Subscribe to the all Nikki Glazer Pod on YouTube wow. to to see Chris juggling right now. Juggle a pack of mints, keys, and oh, a wallet. Wow. wow. Excellent. Happy birthday, oh Chris. <laughs> Happy birthday to us he, all. He hired his what own juggler. <laughs> so like the, That's a good point. The word represented. I can do anything. So you were trying to say represent. What was it? Represented? Represented. 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 Yeah. So like in the in the cartoon, there's a word that I, that I wrote in there that's got uh, way more syllables than I thought. So many more syllables that when I said it and recorded it, I didn't realize until later that I didn't say enough syllables. 
that I left okay. out a oh, syllable. Yeah. I caught that. Yeah. And then I, I put it in the captions, but I was like, it's just got too many syllables. I can't fit it in the whole. What is it? I forgot. The word is meaninglessness. Yes. I meaninglessness. liked it. Meaninglessness. I liked what did it. You say? Did, he goes, Me- meaningless. <laughs> Yeah, I, I accidentally said meaningless instead of meaninglessness because that's just way too, that's too, an extra, meaningless. that's too many. Well, your caption got me because I relied on your caption yes. more than the, I think I first read it because I was in bed with Chris and I think he was sleeping or something, like, or I was in a car or something. I watched it when, yeah, we were in the car and you were listening to birthday messages or something, so I watched it or something. And so I just read yeah. it. Listen, who's listening to audio on anything anymore? It's Wait, funny because he like, sounds like the guy from Raymore and Flanagan or something. He's like, get oh, yeah, on down, no, Raymore and Flanagan. Well, it's a funny voice. I don't listen. I'm just to, saying, like, I don't listen to audio for podcasts. I just read the captions. <laughs> I mean, like, if there's captions, I don't wa- watch audio, and I know I'm missing a lot of nuance by that. But I just, even if I'm, I guess if I'm really? alone, I listen to audio. But I'm not alone ever. I feel. And so I'm always reading captions. I think it's very helpful because I think ever listening to something on your phone, this is not a new take with other people around who are not also looking at your phone is capital R rude. I think I don't care if it's your partner. I don't like, I'll sometimes do it with you. And like, I immediately I'm like, Oh, like the other night you were like, Hey, could you turn the, we were doing the crossword puzzle and something played. And I was like, I was so humiliated because I never listened to things out loud. Yes. And for some reason I had finished the crossword puzzle before. I was Chris. like, what are you doing? We're, we're, we're doing like a crossword puzzle challenge and you're turning on audio. This is out of, this is out of control. I was so embarrassed. I did, but I'm allowed to make a, a mistake, babe. I didn't mean to. I was so, I was so humiliated. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe, cause I never do that. But for some reason I just, but you didn't even realize it on your own. I had to be like, Hey, what's going on over there? Well, I know that's why I was like, Oh my God. So I, I was like, I turned red in bed with my boyfriend Aww. because I was like caught doing Brian, something that I think is like a social, uh, you know, makes you antisocial. That's why I was three minutes worse than because you. Because of this the audio. Crossword yeah. puzzle. Yeah. I just, I love when someone's in a group setting and uh, they're looking at their phone and then all of a sudden a TikTok audio like blasts out of their phone that they didn't intend and they get so embarrassed. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. I didn't realize that to me. It indicates that you are a good person. If you get embarrassed by that and you're like, oh my God, I'm sorry, yes. I'm sorry. Absolutely. When I met Nikki, she was listening to music on the subway at full blast with a speaker. <laughs> and she would ride her bike. She would ride her bike down the streets. Can you of, imagine? Of yeah, but that's how she made money, Chris. You know, you got to let her make money. I would rather. It's I, I mean, I can't even imagine. <laughs> that makes me so uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? Uncomfortable. 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 English language. You know but you know when I spell it and write syllables? uncomfortable. I like I was just doing the Wednesday. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you yeah, say yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Right but yes. when I write comf- comfortable, I write comfortable. You know, I'd say it in my totally head. acceptable. People um, often give this word an acceptable? extra syllable. Oriented. Orientated? Yeah. They say oriented. Get I think that you can't here. say that anymore. You have to call it um, Asian. <laughs> um, Asianated. Um, <laughs> last night was uh, uh, Chris's birthday. We had so much fun. We went to, um, what did we do? We went to dinner first. Yeah, my, our favorite restaurant. Brian loves it too. Yes. Brian Brian spent a birthday at Rayo's. Oh, I, I go to yes, Rayo's uh, for my last two birthdays. Ooh. Yeah, we went to Rayo's in LA, R-A-O. It's so delicious. Um, I, 
I gotta say, I don't enjoy it as much anymore because I'm vegan and it's ruined it for me because the best thing there was the seafood salad and it was $32 and I used to get it every time we dined there. What'd you and call I used it? to call it a shirt salad because I was like, this costs as much as a shirt. <laughs> and so I would always think about a blouse, a really nice shirt at like, I, I, don't, I guess at the time I was shopping Chico's? at like H&M or The Gap. <laughs> like $32, it can get you a good shirt at Zara. That's like a $32.90. You know, Zara always has 90 yeah. as their <laughs> decimals. So I was like, I called it a shirt salad. It's so delicious. My mouth is watering thinking about uh. it right now, but I can't eat anymore. I was almost about to like cheat on being vegan, which I never do. Oh my God, my um, mouth is watering. I don't even want a seaweed salad. Why are you doing this No, to me? seafood salad. I mean, it's seafood all, It's lobster. Salad. It's crab. Ugh. It's calamari. And it's all in this delicious lemony uh, dressing. And it's it has no lettuce. It's just all seafood. It is. It, I, this is my mom right now. I am my oh, mom. Oh, really? Like, There's no salad, lettuce? baby. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just all oh. seafood. And it's fresh and it's not, there's, it doesn't have, it's not greasy. It's not like buttery. It's just like, but it tastes kind of buttery because it's lobstery. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, now I just have to get some vegetables and it's a little depressing, but I love, um, I love, I just love the atmosphere. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's yeah. like old school Italian, Italian yeah. restaurant. So what do you get at Rouse now, Nick? I get a, a spinach, asparagus, a big plate of red sauce to dip it all in and this <gasps> yeah. salad that is really uh, disappointing because I it doesn't have Parmesan cheese on it anymore. And it used to be the fucking best salad, but like that was a key element uh-huh. to it. And so now it's just kind of like balsam, too much balsamic. Um, but it doesn't matter. It was, it's just like a, and I get a, to eat another meal later on because of that, all that roughage. It's like, doesn't fill you up. So I'm kind of excited the whole time. Cause I'm like, Oh, I get, a, I get a fourth meal yeah. today. Fourth meal. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is fine. This will just fill me up until I get to go home and eat another thing that Were I have Are you guys playing a game? Is that what I saw on your yes. story? We're always playing that? games. <laughs> Reindeer <laughs> games. Psychological with each other. Hashtag Sean O'Brien. Um, so we played. So then after Rayo's, we, I had to go do a set. So I ran, you know, five minutes over to the improv. I took an Uber. Oh, we have to go to break. We'll tell you about it when we get back from this. Ooh, tease. Do tease. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, Self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. 
Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the sassy Girl Bomb grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Uh, We're back. Brian. One, Brian wants to say one more thing about Rayos. I just want to say that it's an amazing. It's amazing that we in LA get to experience Rayos because as a New Yorker, yeah. Rayos originally is a New York restaurant that kind of has ties to the mafia, and um, you're not allowed to go there. The only way yeah. you could go to Rayos in New York was during COVID. For some reason, they started doing deli- takeout orders. You could do takeout, and that was like the first time in a hundred years that any non connected person whether you're a very rich or a or famous celebrity or a singer or a politician mm. or in the mob could you get one of like the eight tables at rails so it really was like a magical place that was forbidden for new yorkers and then in 2012 or something for because of some cousin or something, they decided to open up a Rayos in California, in LA, that anybody could go to. Anybody. And it's anybody. not even a dress code. Yeah, you can get a table any yeah. night. Yes, there's no dress code, but they they greet you. It feels like the the real one, I would assume. I have no idea. I know that Greg Fitzsimmons' dad died at the Rayos in New York. Yeah, at the real one, yeah. <gasps> yeah. They're the original. So if you have a He died dance, laughing really hard. <laughs> it's such a it's such a privilege to be able to go to Rayos. And it's one of the few places in LA or in SoCal that has true New York Italian food. 
And so I love going there. And that's why I, I went there for my last two birthdays. It's a hidden gem too, because it's not like it's, it's, it's off the beaten path. Yes. It's in a weird location. Yes. It's in between two studios in LA. Yeah. It's uh, so we dined there and um, it was me, Brian, Brian's wife, Allie. Um, and then uh, our friend, Nick, who is a girl that we call her Nick. It mm-hmm. confused me for a very long time. Because Chris was Everybody. originally friends with her, and he would always be like my friend Nick. And then all of a sudden, it was a girl, and I was like, "Who is she? <laughs> She's great." <laughs> and then uh, his two other friends, Lana and Wong, you kept calling her. Yeah, I call her Wong, but her, yeah, her name's Kristen. Kristen, yes. Um, and they were so great, and uh, it was just, and I hadn't really hung out with them before because they're like your work friends. Yeah, I'd met Kristen, but I hadn't met Lana, and they were so awesome, and they felt like new friends to me. It was just such a good night. And then we went, I went and did a set. It went great. And then, um, and it was nice because they, everyone was like, well, go watch your set. And I was like, I like that, but I, there's something about it I don't like because this is the problem. If my set just goes kind of okay, there's like a, I have to then hang out with these people oh, afterwards yeah. all night Worst. long. And I just had a mediocre set. And uh, in my head, I, if I have a mediocre set on my own, I don't give a fuck. I, I'm sorry to everyone who buys a ticket to my show. I will get over <laughs> it pretty quickly because I have to. This happens sometimes. Sometimes it's you just have a bad you have a bad one. But if I have friends and family there that I then have to hang out with, and some of these people are people who have hung out with me for the first time, and it's just embarrassing. And I know that I'm may, way better than that, and I'm okay with it. But they don't know that. That's all they've ever seen of me, and they think that like maybe I'm one of these comics who's like tricked people into thinking I'm good, which is my secret fear anyway. And then they are gonna talk on the way home like, "Yikes, that was like really uncomfortable." And then I have to like sit with them the whole night, and we have to like play this game, like we were gonna play a board game. So I um. I was happy that when I did look at my phone at dinner, it was like so late that I couldn't have gotten every, I was going to be okay with them watching. Right. But I was like, okay, this is actually perfect because I'm I'm late for my set. We don't have enough time to corral everyone to right. get over there. I just have to take an Uber and fucking go. And so, um, yeah, so they missed it. But but you would have been a hero. Like, they could have gone to that set and it could have been terrible. You pulled that heroic dinner move that you do you do pretty often, but it was really nice. Because, you know, you didn't know everybody there. But Nikki did that thing where she left and gave the waiter the credit card and paid for everybody's everybody's dinner. I slipped it, it in was, like five minutes into the dinner because uh, I knew you were going to yeah. be like 10 minutes in. You were going to yeah. sneak it and pay for your own thing. So I, I just, I said, I just got, did this to the guy. I was like, can I get like, like I was asking for more sauce or something. And then I didn't even look at him and I just put the card because I didn't want anyone to notice. Yeah. And I just like palmed it and to he him. Knew, he, he knew. He knew. Oh, hey, you're I said, you go can, buy you yourself a shirt salad. No questions that. It's such a... <laughs> It's such a generous thing, but it's like such a great power move too. Thanks. Like you looked, you looked pretty cool. And then I was like, babe, tip him well. I got to go. Collect my credit card for me. You know what to do, babe. And then I jetted off and then they came and met. All of them came over to the improv and the improv fucking hooked us up with like this private room up in the green room area. They gave it to us. For us to play um, we, our favorite board game, Codenames. We code names. brought a board game. <laughs> we brought a board game the into the improv. 
They didn't have a second show, so I closed out the first show, or the only show, and then we just got to hang out in this cute, attic-y green room that is, like, perfect, beautiful couches, great, like, just a great setting, a beanbag chair, and, like, we just sat around and played this board game, Code Names that we love, yeah. that is such a good game. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. It's so good, and we, um, and that's, like, our favorite thing to do. Um, I think as a couple with other people is play code names. Yes. It's like it's yeah. so fun because it's like. Play? Oh, oh boy, how much time God. you got, sister? It's save that it's for the just time for and podcast play club. <laughs> All I know. Oh yeah, no kidding. We'll do a special episode. We won't do that to you. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who did subscribe to the Diamond Players. I got people messaging me about our secret our secret episode that dropped uh, last week, and people are like, "Oh my god, you you really showed up for us by giving us like premium content." I shared a story on the Diamond Players Club episode that I did not share that needs to be behind a paywall. Yeah, and so like I don't want everyone to have it. Right, you know. It's uh, and it was it's yeah. Good. We it's got a good into one. some People stuff there. I, got, I talked about like something that was really embarrassing to me. When it's behind a paywall, you feel safe. Yeah. Not Did that I feel don't feel free? safe here with you guys, because I do. I just know that the people I'm referencing in the thing aren't going to pay that paywall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not going to take that stuff. They don't even know oh, how to so do it. Oh, so you can it. name names. Oh. I don't even name, I didn't name <laughs> names, but I just know that if someone, because this is what happens. I, I talk about names. something like without names yeah. and I talk, and but someone People listening knows it yeah. who it is and they go, I'm going to send it to that person so that they know <gasps> oh, that they're talking about uh, them because they think it's like, they'd want to hear this because oh, yeah, they don't good. think, they don't see why that person wouldn't like it at all. Not that I'd ever say anything really disparaging except about that Nepo scum that I talked about. <laughs> and, oh my God. That people were freaking out about. <laughs> we talked about that for a second. You were in, but you were, when you said the Nepo scum thing, you were in like uh, a mood. Probably. I was in, oh, I was you didn't one, say big scum. Time. You never said scum. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I said it. Did you listen? Oh, uh, no. You said like Nepo piece of shit. What? <laughs> Maybe oh, that? <laughs> yeah, Nepo scum. I was like proud if I had said Nepo scum because that's so funny. Nepo I think the word scum, scum is funny. I heard someone it's yesterday like, say. So 1970s. Someone yesterday said to someone else that you are like the scum on the bottom of my shoe. And Wait, I heard that yeah, too. Yeah, we both heard it. Who was that? One of our oh, friends. Yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. waiter at yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that, after he saw how much Chris did. That sounds so much worse <laughs> than any other insult. Like, then, then to call someone, then if you said you're a piece of shit, to call someone the scum on my bottom of the shoe was so viscerally disturbing to me. Yes. And I was like, God. I heard that too. And it was like a younger kind of hipper person than me. And I felt cool because I go, I just use scum. Or at least <laughs> oh, someone yeah. said I did. So I kind of felt cool. I don't know if I called this person Nepo scum, but uh, two weeks ago or something, I was talking about a friend of mine witnessing um, a Nepo baby scum. Um like yell berating a barista somewhere and and it was a blind item i said it was a famous person i gave some clues and it ended up on dumois so one of our listeners wrote to dumois which is like this gossip um instagram account that posts on their instagram stories blind items about celebrities or not even blind sometimes they're just straight up call, name and names but a lot of times people will go who is this person that someone's talking about let's all put on our detective hats and get out those magnifying glasses and get in there and figure it out. And um, and then it went on the subreddit for Dumois and people were talking about it. And I felt bad because I'm like, this is going to get back to that person. I just know it. 
because this person, because famous people read Demois, it's almost like probably half their readership is people being like, am I in here? And so I know this person reads Demois because she just seems like that vapid enough to do that. And also I read, I used to read Demois. I don't anymore because it was making me upset about not because I wasn't in it. No, Um, don't, don't quote me on that. Nikki Glaser said she doesn't listen because she's upset. She's not in it out of context. That sounds like I'm not making a joke. Please stop taking my quotes out of context so that you suck any of the funny out of them. And I sound like I'm really saying that that's not why I don't read it anymore. I don't read it because I was, just getting frustrated with people having such mean opinions about celebrities and not and not really knowing the other side which you could say that for me Nikki didn't know the other side of this person screaming at a barista right. I don't give a fuck what is going on in that person's <laughs> life you don't do that to anyone yeah so there's something like really bad about something so I have no idea what's happening over this I don't know who the person is or what's happening in their life but you should not be yelling at service industry people ever yeah, I mean, unless they've done something absolutely abhorrent, like totally. you can't do it. And but I did, I did go on in that episode to then turn around and say, you know what? I actually have empathy for this person. They probably didn't grow up with a lot of um, people teaching them about how to respect other people. You know, I don't believe in free will, so this person couldn't help that their brain is a certain way that yells at baristas. So I had some sort of like. Maybe she comes from, you know, she was raised poorly. Or, but maybe it's a, what I think sometimes too is it's, it's like a one-off. Like what if this was her worst moment? Yes. Cause I think about that too. At yes. my worst, nobody has, nobody has witnessed, like very few people have witnessed me at my worst, but I've done things where as soon as I've done them, I'm like, if my mother were around to see this, right. she would be so disappointed. Or if this was on camera, I feel like I'd be toast. Like we've all, I think we've all done things Absolutely. like that. Yes. I, I do want to say that, like, I think that this could have been her worst moment and I I would forgive her for this thing because I probably had a moment like this, not where I've yelled at a Bruce. I, don't, I, don't, I think I'm pretty good saying I've never done anything even close to that uh, of this nature or made someone who is working in the service industry and I'm a, a famous person who got lucky enough to be paid to be hot. I don't think I would ever be mean to people who don't have that privilege. That's just me, but I also do scummy things, I think, in other ways, I'm sure. So it's, uh, you know, to each their own. So I felt a little bit bad because this person might see it. Right. And I'm like, but I also felt like if she sees it, she's not going to be like, this is me. Hey, look, you guys. She's just going to privately go, oh boy, this was me. Maybe I won't do that again. Maybe I need to reevaluate a few things. Yeah. And um, and if she ever runs into me, we'll both like know. Because I know now she probably knows who I am. Because she probably I was like, who's seriously this old ugly bitch? I seriously doubt she has bitch? enough self-awareness to connect that that's her. She'd probably I read it and that, go. Like, 50 celebrities were like, this was me. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do, you guys, do you guys have moments, though, where like that you can think of? You don't have to admit them here. Where like if somebody had a camera on you and put it online, you would be mortified. Because you would be, you'd be like, that's, I can't, that, that doesn't feel like me. But I... I did that. Sure. That's how I feel right now. (laughs) The other day I had one Uh, at the comedy store. I lashed out at a woman who was interrupting my set and I went fucking ballistic. I saw red when people talk about like Noah, I think you've talked about some of your like anger problems you've had in the past where like, you see red. We were even talking about it last night at dinner and, and some people we were dining with had the, the same thing of like, 
they quote unquote see red. I've never really felt overwhelmed by anger in a way that I just shout and scream at someone in my life. So I guess I wasn't being very empathetic to this person who was maybe having that moment. And she could have got just gotten some bad news about her aunt who's in hospice. Like who knows what was happening to this woman at the time that that happened. But boy, oh boy, I had it the other night with a woman who interrupted my set continually for about 11 minutes. She kept just saying things. First, she was supportive. Yeah, girl, say it, (laughs) preach, front row, right? Just like thinking she's helping. And if that happens, I usually ignore it because I'm just like, she's being, she's being nice. She likes me, even though she's heckling. I'm not going to like lay into this lady, but then it shifted. She didn't like some of my subject matter. She wasn't even listening to the joke. She just heard the word suicide. And she's, uh-uh, mm-mm. Oh, God. Ew. Oh, God. No. Gross. You, you have a Not particular, cool. you really hate <laughs> the, when somebody makes you feel like you're gross. Gross or bad. Yeah. Like, I'm a bad person. Like, I, that, what I'm saying is, like, m- like, meant to hurt people. Because what I got from what she was doing was not that she was hurt by what I was saying. That, that didn't come across. If, if I would have sensed that, I would not have lashed out at this person. If what I was saying made her feel less than, uh, that, uh, that would have made me feel horrible. What she was doing was trying to make me feel like that is what I'm doing to other people. Like she's standing up for other right. people. And that Ugh. she's saying you're a she bad person you. for your thoughts. It yes. sounded like she was like, judging you. Yes. And you know, like I, I'm open to to criticism and judgment. I'm not, I'm far from even average. I was going to say perfect, but I hate when people say that I'm not perfect. No one thought you were. (laughs) I'm far from average. Um, But uh, you know, and I deserve to have be taken down sometimes. I mean, people write me all the time saying like, this was a bad take. And like I said, I, I go, okay, thank you. I sometimes am blind to it. I hear myself on things sometimes and I go, shut up, bitch. You're so mean. You're coming across <laughs> way worse than you intended to. You sound so harsh. You're such a bitch. But one of the cool things is that if somebody does say, hey, that's a bad, if somebody's nice to you and is, uh, says, hey, that's a bad take and this is why, you'll internalize it. Yeah. And, and but, uh, but some people, you know, some people don't, can't do that. The shame is the thing I don't like where they just want to go, you're bad. Mm. Instead of saying like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I don't think like just come at me from a place of like, do you really think I'm trying to hurt you? Because that's not what I'm doing. Like uh, just come from a place of like that hurt me, even though I don't think you're a bad person. But when someone thinks like, why would you say that you're fucked up? Like you are an evil person, like accuses me of trying to hurt people. And maybe if I were listening to this, I'd be like, well, Nikki, the thing that you fear is usually what you are. So like you, maybe you're mad because people do see what you are and you are an evil person who is trying to hurt people. And when someone calls you out on it, you <laughs> lash out. Like that's what I would well, think. Well, no, but here's, here's, I think here's something that's at play is Nikki, Nikki does this thing where she will go a hundred miles an hour in a direction that dawns on her. So like in the school zone <laughs> in, the, in, the, in those moments where if somebody like imp- has some sort of implication that Nikki can be like, Oh, she's saying I'm a bad, she's saying this, th- this take I have is bad and that it's inappropriate. And then, okay, if that's, if those are that true, I'm Hitler. that all of a sudden I'm a, okay, so now I'm a bad person. And if I'm a bad person, then I'm then the I'm worst a person. And then if I'm that, then, so she just goes a hundred miles an hour yes. in this weird direction. I totally that, do that. That, that woman wasn't even applying. Like, who, like she, what she was doing, you shouldn't be doing at a comedy club. No. That's terrible. But it was just like, it was, she wanted to be heard. You know, she wanted yeah. me to address it. So 
I, at first I go, no one's going to like this. I'm not even going to yeah. share what I did because oh. I was, I even said to her, I go, are you going to write into Demois and try to ruin my career for what I said? Like I even called her out. I was like, we'll see this on Demois tomorrow, everyone. Well, this is your next um, diamond players we'll save club. It for club diamond. Your- I'll find, I'll save it for the diamond club of what I said to her because <laughs> it was funny, but I will tell you, I said some things I do regret because I was in an anger rage, but she wasn't making my coffee. I she was <laughs> she was be, harassing she was you. harassing, harassing you, you at your workplace for eleven minutes eleven minutes front row too. Uh, I got her kicked out of you, the show. Which you felt were the so barista good. in that situation. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's true. Thank you. Oh, that is true. Yeah. So and the barista should have given it back to whoever that. I will say, I go now. You don't get to see Mark Maron because he was next, <laughs> and she's leaving. <laughs> that's that's the ultimate that's punishment. Her, I know that's yeah. what her boyfriend came there for because he was like, you could tell he was like excited to be in the front row. He got you have to pay extra to be in the front row. Like that's a special date night, and this bitch ruined it. I always feel oh, sorry for at- those people because they, I think, in their minds, they think they're doing the community of the audience a service and they're not speaking for anyone they're just too drunk they don't go to comedy shows often and they're just Mm -hmm. like of this little niche part of society that's like what don't talk about suicide Uh uh-uh girl Uh uh-uh like Mm. you've never thought of that that suicide might be controversial i'm just and i just feel bad for them comes at me about suicide jokes I, i my defense is i am plagued by thoughts of killing myself if anyone has a right to talk about it it's me i suffer with the same disease that people have taken their lives with it i hate to use that little excuse because i hate when people go i can talk about this because my brother and everyone goes okay i guess you can say the r word because your brother has downs or what like why does that give you license but everyone goes she can like it's like i don't like that but if i am using that defense which every comedian does suicide People don't like to hear about it because everyone's lost someone to suicide, literally everyone. And sometimes it can be closer to you than it could be your father. It could be your son. It could be. And and the word hearing the word at a comedy club could trigger you. Um, no pun intended. But I, the, the thing <laughs> is, I I don't I it's not that I don't care. I don't want you to feel triggered. I don't want someone to have a panic attack at my show. But I suffer with these thoughts all the time. I have a right to talk about it. I if I had a joke about cancer and someone goes, but my, my, like, it, it's like, I have, I have, if someone dies of cancer, uh, or when someone ever dies of depression, like killing themselves, I always go, I have that same disease. I'm at a different stage in my disease than they are. The, the final stage of it is death. Like if you go depression all the way, if you don't fight against it, I am also, I have the same disease Anthony Bourdain had. I have the same disease Kate Spade had. I have the same disease, um, not Robin Williams, because he had Louis body dementia, and that's what caused him to kill himself. But depression, I'm, I'm fighting it like people fight cancer, and I have a right to fucking talk about it. And so I don't want to hear, you can't say that because my dad killed himself. Well, I think about it all the time, and I also have that disease that your dad had. I have a right to talk about it. So I'm sorry that your dad lost, is lost, uh, is gone to this thing that I'm talking about. I'm sorry you're triggered at my show, but don't go to a comedy show if you have these sacred cows. And if you do, excuse yourself to go to the bathroom like I do when something offends me at a show. Like if I'm watching a movie and something starts triggering me, I leave. I cover my eyes. I don't go, no, <laughs> boo, bad take. Well, and I think people, <laughs> people that go to comedy shows need to understand too that what they're what they're witnessing isn't a isn't some final product 
you're yes. you're witnessing like somebody in the middle of like of of like painting a picture and you're judging it as if it's some final thing like you're working through thoughts and ideas and jokes and it's not like this perfectly formed thing that you want to share with the world you're sharing it with you know 150 people at a small comedy club yeah. in Los Angeles, or or maybe you know, with your the fans that have paid to come see you mm-hmm. at a big theater in Seattle. So it's like w- what they're seeing isn't a final take on something. Yes, it. Thank you for saying that too. It's and 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 there are shows where it should feel uh, yeah. And there's been times where I like this one. I really stand by this joke because it is done, and I feel like I'm like I certain the jokes she got offended by and then the later jokes she got offended by are both jokes that I really stand by and I feel like I have a right to talk about them but there are times where I just am working something out and I have the wrong fucking take yes so wrong and I'm like I'm glad I've seen it yeah where you go don't do that (laughs) yeah and we talk about it later and I go oh you're right like it it is a a molding process but um yeah uh afterwards Mark Marin came up to me because I brought him up and I and I just was like uh, Cause I had just thrown her out. It was a big to do. And I never throw people out. I will say the only time people get thrown out of my shows is because the security comes and gets you. I'm never like, get her out of here. I've, I've maybe done that once before. I think where I've said, get her out of here. And this woman I was trying to uh, bargain with. I go, can you just, I have three more minutes. Can you handle it? Can you, can you just, I go, just shut up for three minutes. Close your ears, earmuffs. And I go, go to the bathroom or something. But she wouldn't stop. Um, maybe because I wouldn't either. Because I just, once I was unleashed, because that's also like, pe- people don't know at comedy clubs, like when someone's in the front row talking just this loud, like just even talking this loud, we as comedians can hear everything, but even two rows back, you can't hear yeah. that person at all because they're in front of you. And the right. way the acoustics are, it's like she's whispering in my ear the entire uh-huh. show. Oh, so when uh. I finally snap, everyone's kind of like, what? what is she's being such a bitch to this woman who wasn't doing anything. <laughs> but I will tell you, I, I felt so great because the audience, even after I said some <laughs> of the nastiest things ever, the audience was going, Nikki, Nikki. <laughs> like I've, that's never happened to me in my life where people start chanting my name. And I instantly shut it down because I felt bad because this girl is walking out very drunkenly. Yeah. And um, and yeah, that that I didn't know how wasted she was either. And I would would have maybe um acted with a little more empathy if I knew she was that drunk. I thought she was pretty uh, clear-headed at the time. Can I ask for but, my um, own edification? Is that how you would say that you uh, write jokes? Is that you start off with an emotion and then you just kind of explore that on stage? Yeah. So you're feeling really something. Good... That's yes. really, you know, Like you said, like you felt something about Burning Man. You're like, how do I get to this? But I'm starting with a feeling. Yeah, that's a really good point. And sometimes the feeling I throw it out there, like, it will be bubbling inside me and I'm like, I don't even know how to say this on stage. And I think about it a lot mm-hmm. and it's like something that's just like roiling around in my head. And then on stage, I just have a moment where I'm like, oh, this seems like a good time to like put this out. I'm kind of killing. I'm in, I, I'm in the pocket and I put it out there and it fucking thuds on the floor. And then sometimes you throw it out and people <laughs> go, whoa, we like that. <laughs> and, and, and you go, yeah. oh my God, there's something there. And then you go, whoa, I didn't even know something would be there. I just, I think that's true. I think that that's how probably how you write music too, Anya, like is like you have a feeling yeah. you need to get out. Well, you said in the pocket, you also- which I, I, is so like a musician's term. And I love that you said that. Cause I feel that way once in a while playing live, but also like recording, you want to be in the pocket. So it is such a good feeling, but it's almost like surfing. Like 
a surfer is great because he's har- he or she is harnessing the power of this thing that's completely out of their control. And when you can figure out that magical thing, it's magic, right? Mm. Like the the wave is incredible. Your your take on the wave is incredible. It's the same with music. And I think it's the same with comedy. It's like what you're talking about is almost like a conversation with the audience or you're like harnessing their laughter and you're like, oh, this is something yes. important. I can work with this. They're That's so me true. They're like direction. the wave because you need their support, whether it's like their rapt attention, which you can kind of feel of their silence, just listening and hanging on your word. Like last night was like electric. I was doing my bit about not me not wanting kids and why people want kids. And I... I had I heard women go, yes. Oh my God. I'm, and one girl goes, that's so true. Like, I love that stuff. And like, there was a point I made that like people hadn't connected yet. And by the way, it's it's not all like, don't have kids. I have women coming out to me being like, what use? I have kids. That's so true. And then I have the other women being like, I just had a hysterectomy. Thank you for saying that. Mm. I can't have kids. And I needed to hear all of that. So it's like, oh, it's wow. really nice that's to hear cool. both sides. But then we had the best game what? night last night. Wait, what did Marin say? Right? Oh, wait. Um, yeah, Marin, uh, he was just like, you know, it happens. He came up to me after his set and was like, Ugh, <laughs> you know, and he was like, you handled, I think he said you handled it well. Maybe I just inferred that, but um, it sounded like I did handle it as well as could be with how I lost my temper. Uh, usually I'm, I don't handle those things well and it gets really awkward. And I felt like I was victorious but I did go backstage afterwards and I was just alone in this green room like panting and my heart was racing and I was like <sighs> like I felt I felt like I relapsed like I felt like I decided to do a drug or take a drink after like a really long time of not doing it so I felt like this surge of like it's it's adrenaline I mean anger is like when you lock into it and ride that wave Woo! that's why I try to make you angry all the time yeah I was gonna Sorry. ask about your physical I responses. locked into so much <laughs> What was that? What was I was going to ask about your physical responses. Like, did you did you feel anything in your chest? Yes, I felt. You felt like your heart palpitating. I, you know what I felt was that it was like I went into. I didn't anger. It was. It, I almost want to tap into it more because the f- stream of consciousness things that I said in this moment where I just decided like I'm going to be mean to a girl very loudly in front of 500 people which I would, I am so scared of women. And I'm scared of men too, because I'm scared men will call me fat or ugly, which they, you know, did very frequently to girls in high school. And I still have that fear of boys just being like, well, you're ugly. And then you like are shut down. But girls, I have another fear of just them not liking me. I I, I just, I never, I would never yell at a woman unless I felt she was like a, a, you know, scum, you know? And I felt like this woman was scummy. <laughs> and I, when I decided when the switch turned to like, you're going to go off and stop trying to neg- negotiate with this woman, you're about to just destroy her. It was like riding a wave. I didn't have to think. Funny things just came out of my skull. The meanest things I've ever said in my life came out of my skull. It was, I was hanging 10 smoothly <laughs> on a giant, giant wave. It felt, I didn't have to do anything. I was on autopilot. I, that's how I relate to it. I was on auto, I was, I had pressed cruise control on a highway going 85, where you're like, I'm going too fast and this is kind of dangerous, mm. but I've got control and I'm locked in, baby. And no Did one's gonna, and there's no cops afterwards? around. Yes. Yes. Did I you felt, feel exhausted I felt, afterwards? 
Yes. I felt like someone, I felt like I had just gotten into from stress. A, 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 like, yeah, it was the cortisol probably pumping through my veins. I mean, I've never been this lit up before. I mean, it's been years since I have been this angry in my life. I, I was, it was ins- yeah. to scream at someone. They say that sort of that, that moment where it's like almost the fight or flight sort of reaction takes like eight hours to come down from. Whoa. So your body oh like doesn't God. regulate. Really? Oh my God. For eight hours. That yeah. Makes, that makes sense. That's explains why that I had to like before. OD on melatonin that night. <laughs> oh yeah. God. It was, um, it was, it was so fun. That's why anger I, like, is bad I, for us. I don't know. Releasing it felt really good. I'm not kidding you. I want to do it more. Oh my God. <laughs> I think I need you're, to get my anger out more. You're an addict. I am. That's totally it. <laughs> you like, just I want am more an of addict. That. Like, I want it more of feeling like I don't have to think. It was the only time my brain really could shut off. Noah, do you relate to that? I think when I've heard people talk about they go into like they start screaming at someone, they don't have to think. It just comes out. It's like something. You get possessed. I didn't feel for the first time. I didn't have to try, and usually I feel like Taylor Swift uh, in, in the song Mirrorball. I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. Like I, st- I feel like I'm always trying so hard. And this time, I just clicked over into this mode. <laughs> that there was no effort. It just came. It was like the real me coming out. Oh no, the angry, crazy. the angry you is the real you. But I think I push down anger so often because it's a, it's a feeling I'm deeply uncomfortable with is feeling that out of control. But it felt so good because it didn't feel like my fault. It felt like if any example of no free will, it was that. That my b- thoughts to my mouth had no, there was no one going like, maybe don't say that. It was a free, all, all thoughts out. Come on, go, go, go. Right. We need to go. There's a fire sale. Like everything just spilling out. No thoughts. There was no planning and it felt great because I'm always planning what I'm about to say. I'm always second guessing myself. And there was just no, there was no border control at all. It was awesome. <laughs> and that felt cool. There was something about it that right. felt like that's maybe authentic, but not really authentic because I was saying horrible things. But the, like, only, the only difference between the person who yelled at the coffee barista and you in this situation, is, and it's a huge difference, is you felt justified like you were being wronged, and so your anger was like yes. was like but I'm just sure she, she in some way. Wronged. I bet in her mind, right? She was I think. Right. Well, yeah, I think in those moments, those people, because you see those videos of people like yelling at uh, airlines employees, yes, and you're like, they can't do anything about it, but those people don't know what to do with their anger. Oh, and it gets worse and worse because once they lock in, they like they can't back down, so they got to right. go to the next yeah. level, and they all think that they're right. Oof. Oh yeah, you're right. I was one of those people. I'm not. Well, you weren't. I'm not saying that you were because that woman was obviously doing something wrong. I went too hard. There's no question. I went too hard. <laughs> well, now that I know, oh, we have to go. We have to go to break. But there's no question. I went too hard. I just um, there's something. It was the first time I've ever done that drug. It was the, oh, my. It was gotcha. my first time I'd ever Rode really let that out. I mean, Anya, you've seen me go on like angry rants about different people. Noah, you probably witnessed it too. Chris, you've witnessed it. Even I've me seen, being like, and this girl's this, and da 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 da, and like hating someone. Well, I've seen you be very angry, just in normal life. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. We'll find out about it when we get back from break. <laughs> Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother, 
all nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek and then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Like hey, so we are having planet. technical issues, <laughs> and um, 
there is a like eight second delay it's between long. me and Chris and the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. So we tried to figure out a way to maybe uh, get this more smooth, but like there's nothing we can do. So you're not going to hear from Brian or Anya or Noah, the rest of the show up because <laughs> they, it's too long of a delay and it's, it's, it, we just can't do it. So the we rest could, of the we show. We could toss it over to them for comedy for <laughs> at one point. I think they're leaving though. Are, they're not le- are they leaving? I th- oh, maybe not. Well, you guys no, don't no, want to watch this. We're going to oh, stay. Oh, they're staying. Okay, good. Okay. So we're just going to talk. This and is then, exactly how um, telephone conversations were with my mom and her relatives in Russia. Like it would be a 13 <laughs> second delay. <laughs> <laughs> or like when you, ha- when you have like a t- terrible phone cadence with somebody and uh, you start talking and then you're like, no, you go. And then you, no, you go. We've done that before. Like when we're on the phone and it can, it, and then it just like creates this tension. And it's like, let's break up. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've broken up three times because of that. You're, and it's usually because I go, you're breaking up. And I go, yep, I think we should. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah Yes, I think I am. <laughs> um, okay. So we wanted to just uh, say the one thing that we teased on yesterday's episode that um, Chris and I, um, what happened to us two days ago when you went into town, or I guess it was the next day we went out to lunch. At this place that, um, well, we I call it Chintzy Servings, and it's this Middle Eastern place that's really delicious. Oh yeah! And last time we went there when he was in town, um, they just you know when you go to these places like a Chipotle or a Subway, and they like don't give you the amount that they should, and you're just kind of like, can I get some more? And usually they go like, sure, but this place like has an amount that they give you, and that's it, and it is. They are rationing food like it is yeah. Firefest one. It is yeah. it's so strange this these portions. And I'm not someone who is like I just want more because I just I'm not trying to be yelling at a barista. I'm trying to be I just couldn't so I went into the we went I kind of liked what happened because yeah, because, yeah. because so often in these situations there is a there's a tension between like a, a service worker and somebody who is trying to get some service and it ends up being an ugly situation if anything is out of the ordinary because if somebody just acts a little bit goofy then things can go south quickly as we know from the yes. scum Nepo yeah. baby scum this is all like connected this is it's all connected. strange that this is stories coming out but there was charm to what was happening with thank you thank you i love that word yeah there was some charm to it but he was receptive to the charm that was he kind of the magical it. moment because what we it were f- flirting what <laughs> had a connection what it felt like to me was a it, it could have been a, like a it could have been a pressure, like a, it could have been a disaster. Your laughter helped because then you, you weren't like horrified by what your girlfriend was doing, which yeah. I think some, I think in many ways you were, but you instead bolstered it with a laugh to ease the tension. Cause there was a, there was a, a <laughs> moment where you could have looked like a crazy Caucasian Karen. Yeah, I yeah, could have like, looked like you, Nepo scum. You could have looked like Nepo scum ish, but you didn't. <laughs> You didn't. But that was not ever my no, intent no, to it make was it never feel your, bad. It was never your intention at I all. I just know here's that lettuce don't cost no thin. Like, <laughs> like iceberg lettuce <laughs> costs nothing. And if you're being, and you have the whole thing of it, and you're being weird about it, and I am a vegan, so like, I, I'm i not getting meat. I'm not getting the halal. Yes, like, and the expensive and stuff. The, 
And I understand when a portion is a portion and these people have to do portion control because they're not making a lot of money. Restaurants are struggling. I'm not trying to be someone who's screwing over a no. restaurant by being like, if you go to Chipotle, you could actually get more if you have them put it into yes. a separate container and then you get more meat. Like, I'm not trying to do a TikTok hack but, of a th- business. But let me set the table here. Nikki went Please. in knowing that... Oh, yeah, we went n- in knowing. No, Nikki knows that this... This place does not have like, you know, massive servings. We actually tried to go somewhere else because this place didn't have good servings. But this place is really good. Yeah. And I liked all the people there last time. I'm I'm a fan now. I'll go back. I don't care if they do chintzy servings. (laughs) Chintzy feels like it's a slur. And so I'm going to keep saying that. Did you look it up? No, but I, I, I think it's, I, I, I don't believe it's a slur. So if it is, I do apologize and please correct me. Maybe one of you, like one of you, uh, Brian, uh, Noah or Anya in 10 seconds when you hear this, uh, can look up if it's a, it's um, a bad thing. Because every time not, you say it, I, tense, yeah, it's like the word spigot. You feel, Whoa, hey, <laughs> well, I'm telling easy. you, oh, wow. it's okay to say. <laughs> okay. It's like the the faucet. It's the little part of the faucet where you drink from is the spigot. But it sounds like you're saying a bunch of different right. slurs all mashed together. There's a partic- there's one that's really bad. It's like a goulash of slurs. What? Which that, one? That I'm not even going to say. Oh, when people are now still saying the, the gypsies are a people that you can't yeah. say I got gypped yeah. anymore. That's but people see, say it all the time all still the time. and I kind of tense up like there might be some gypsies around who are going to get offended right. but they never are you know what else <laughs> I hear that around. is not cool hey, is they're ghetto Roman. They stop saying they're ghetto Roman. I'm just talking oh everybody. ghetto also <laughs> good point no more like, ghetto why do people so think place, that's okay that was like 15 years uh, ago you couldn't say ghetto and people still say it yeah although I do still love that Elvis Presley song oh that in the ghetto like a Christmas <laughs> song <laughs> It's not a Christmas song. Isn't it like Christmas in the ghetto? I don't think. <laughs> I think it's about Christmas in the so. ghetto. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, so here's a, it's Hanukkah in the here's ghetto. a scenario. Nikki walks in. She knows that they've got terrible servings. Oh, yeah. I'm, so I'm already in. She, she does like her order, and they ask everything that you may want. Like, it's a one-step I go, process. I'm going to get a big old plate of veggies. I said, I opened yeah. like that. I'm like, uh, he goes, uh, which meat? And I'm like, no meat. Uh, just a big plate of veggies, please. And then he's like, do you want this? And Nikki's and I'm like, like, yes. Yeah. And so he has these tongs and I swear like it would be as if you were garnishing a piece of salmon with some parsley is the amount it was it's I wish I could give you an example. Um, Okay, I will. These keys, this part of the key, the key fob is the amount of tabbouleh that was in one serving like this, this amount of this key fob for a plate of tabbouleh is a parsley slash grain salad. It, that, I mean, it was a a spoonful, maybe two, two, um, tablespoons. It was, uh, and also a cabbage slaw that was just purple cabbage and some vinegar and some salt. That was it. Like these are, I'm not asking for more of like, I didn't even ask for more baba ganoush because I'm like, that's eggplant. Eggplant's expensive. Okay. Like I was going for the iceberg lettuce. lettuce, Yeah. And I got, and and so you can give me the serving and I'll say what what I remember I said. Okay. So give me my, yeah. So tong out the serving. Just mime it. Oh, what is that? (laughs) Come on now. That's a serving? (laughs) You could do better than that. That's not a serving. Was that kind of the vibe? Yeah, that was the vibe. There was, there was a little bit of charm. It wasn't rude. It was like, and he smiled. Uh, He gave a knowing smile. Yes. And I go, 
is that really what a serving is? And I was saying it with a smile too, because I was tr- I wasn't trying to be a, a rude. I was just trying to call them on their shit. But, but this also, guy got a memo from corporate like six weeks ago. Oh, being his like, boss is at the yeah. fucking spit behind him, carving the meat. We're watching ru- it. we're running out of tabbouleh totally. too quickly here. Like times are tough, and you know, like we didn't raise our prices because of inflation or whatever. But he 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 smiled and gave you some more, and then it happened again, and you were like, oh, "Come on!" Yeah, I go. What is that? And then he said something back that was, was kind of funny. funny. It was a funny amount of like it was it was like a garnish. Like I, it was so I wish funny. He, I wish he would have with the second thing you ordered, just like giving you like one carrot or something. <laughs> yes. That would have been the ultimate move by but him. I think they were charmed by me. And as a woman of a certain age, like I'm getting up to the point where like I'm not like a cute young girl where people are like constantly just like always no, like like not. i'm 39 like i'm not At getting least. that like fun flirty energy mm-hmm. from old men anymore even like, me yeah i really don't <laughs> like I, i'm never like i've never once floated or existed on my f- cuteness or something i've never been a girl that like i can i just get a little more by like d- doing a smile and a wink like i i don't think that way but i do feel like there was some feminine charm coming through like i do feel like i charmed them in a sincere way that you I felt char- like they under- they got me. You were charming and he received it perfectly and then he was charming back. And then I tipped him for a thing that you shouldn't tip for because they're, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I always tip those places because people are always complaining now about like they turn the screen around and then you tip them for your to-go order. I have the, I don't think everyone should do it. I don't think everyone is required to do it. If you have a lot of money, you 100% should tip, even if they've done nothing. I just always give a tip. I, I, I don't tip at the like, when I do, there was a, there is a tip. This is insane. There is a tip at the self-service kiosk at LaGuardia yes. Airport yep, where too. you yeah. have to do your own th- everything you do. Your, your and I go, own. is this going back in my account? Like, am I tipping myself? Yeah. Who's getting no. this? There's there's maybe one person kind of watching all the kiosks. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's that person. And that person deserves more than what pro- I'm, they're being paid, I'm sure. So I think I've even done it on that. But that's where I start to go, this is weird. It's a, that is a bridge too far. But if you were getting DoorDash or Uber Eats or anything like that, you better fucking tip at least 20%. And if you can't afford it, you can't get Uber Eats or DoorDash. It's part of the deal. And I know there's a service fee and I know that it's so expensive. Final thought. I know that you're probably mad at me right now because you're like, Nikki, I can't afford it and I still deserve Uber Eats. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like these, these people need to make a living and they need you. If you take an Uber service, you got a tip. And when I ask Uber drivers, they get a tip 50% of the no time. No way. 50% of the time. And that is a crime. But I, I don't ask, think, I don't I think you have to say 20%. 20%. Like, they have to give something. 15% is a normal. I'll accept is it. Is a normal tip. Totally. That, that we're now living in a world where 20% is now more normal. 25%. And yet people still, I mean, they can't get Uber Eats all the time, but it's like, get that Uber Eats, give them 15%. That's you that is a drivers. that is a deal. They're not making enough money. I have friends who are doing the, the that uh, gig kind of stuff where they do um, they drive for Uber Eats and Grubhub, and um, yeah, they 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 rely on your tips, unfortunately. And I know that like this this problem of like we shouldn't tip because we need to tell our government to pay people more, and we shouldn't be a tip economy. Yeah. We should be more like Europe. But at the same time, these people need to make well, money. We're living in this world. I do. I know there's a delay, but I want to hear what. Brian, Noah, and Anya have to say about the tip scenario. Brian. Um, <laughs> no, I agree with what Nikki just said, which is that... <laughs> 
which is that thank you for welcoming me to the show. Hello, good morning, everybody. <laughs> no, I agree with what Nikki just said in that. Um, he's doing it on purpose now. He's just like delaying no, that, himself. That, so we it, think it, he's it, it would be nice if it was more like Europe it. and instead of having to tip someone so that they're getting paired a, a, paid a fair wage, they were just paid a fair wage and, they, and these rich CEOs weren't passing on the money to pay their employees to the customers. Yeah. All right, Noah, what do you think? I always tip, even if it's like a little bit, um, I would never just tip a robot for packing my own luggage or doing my own tags. <laughs> Agreed with Nikki on that. Yeah, You got to tip. Uh, I heard it's 25% now. I always tip 20% uh, unless somebody was a dick and then I might, might do 15. But um, I, did, I didn't tip my voice teacher the other day and I found out that there's a tip on the, on, I didn't know I was supposed to tip my voice teacher. There's like weird You're not. I asked you because like, I'm seeing... Uh, I took a lesson from Anya's voice teacher and I go, did you tip her? Because she sent me a Venmo request. And I think when you pay for goods or services on Venmo, it now just puts in the tip thing. I don't think she expects it. I just was wondering, Oh right. did you tip? Maybe I did I should... not tip do for that tip because everybody? I feel like it's part of the price. Well, I think I, you I give a Christmas bonus Christmas to people, bonus that, to you, certain people. That, that are in your life like that. We have a masseuse called well, Mario Masseuse and he like <laughs> is like, no, this is how much it costs. You do not give me a tip. Yes, I and love like that. And bar, like bartenders, like service workers are often the best tippers. And I think it's all of us tipping 20% or 25 or whatever it is, is definitely good. But I think if you aren't like, like absolutely crushing it, 15% is a nor is like the normal tip in America. We, we don't need to get into like crazy inflation rates. If you can do 20%, I think, I think you should. But if it's like, you know, you're not crushing it. Like, it's like if, you if you're are, rich, if you're you should be tipping 30 plus. If you're a teacher, you're not making that much money. You still deserve Uber Eats. Tip 15%. Agreed. Don't feel guilty you about gotta that. You got to give something. Uh, yes, tip I, your I, teachers. I will say that. I, tip your teachers. Honestly, <laughs> I mean... Uh, Seriously, why um, don't we? People might think it's bribery. But the problem is rich people are greedy fucks. And I'm not when I'm telling you that you should tip something, I'm I'm talking to rich people, people that are like well off yes. who have more than three hundred thousand dollars to their name in like that they can get in access to, you need to be tipping 30%. You're being stingy. And I know you want you're like I know that's how you got rich is being stingy. You I'm tired of rich people being stingy. I see it too fucking often. Everyone needs to be like Drew Carey. And if you can afford it, you need to spread the wealth because you realize you're a lucky yes, ass person. That's true. Drew Carey tips $100 to every single person he encounters because he is that price is right money. He is never going to run out of money. He knows that in his lifetime, he'll never be able to spend it. And, and he spreads the wealth. $100 to somebody who's just like working, like if they're a valet, if they're like a busboy, if they are, if they're, if they're, you know, a waiter. You, that's that that's a day maker for some people. It's it really a hundred dollars is such an exciting thing. And when if, I heard that about an Uber driver, you want to hear the coolest fucking thing I heard about Drew Carey? We'll find out in eight seconds if Brian already knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say. I'm sorry. I, I was waiting because I, I thought you were going to say something and I was going to react after that. But no, I don't know what Drew Carey did. <clears throat> okay, Drew Carey has a deal. That at swingers and um, like Joe's cat, like some kind of like big boy, Bob's big boy. Do you know this, Anya? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I probably shouldn't spread the word because it's costing him so much money. 
If you are a member of the WGA or SAG, I believe oh, it's SAG, but it's definitely WGA. If you go to Swingers, you can say, put it on Drew Carey's tab, and he picks up the tab. Oh, it costs him $30,000 a week. But if you dine what? at those two restaurants in LA during the strike, Drew Carey will get your, and you are a member of the union, or I, th- I believe it was WGA for sure, and it might also be SAG. It's costing him $30,000 a um a week. week and he said he started doing it this is all just hearsay but i guess he started doing it when the first uh strike happened and it was before social media so it was costing him like oh yeah. you know a couple grand a week but because of social media and people spreading it it's now up, up, up words of 30 a week but how so fucking nice. cool is that that's and those restaurants, I mean, Swingers is not cheap. Yeah. Swingers is a nice place. I don't know about Big Boy sounds like it's a little bit more affordable, but like that is so cool. That is the that is what rich people should do. And I, I need to be do a better job of it. Because, but I don't really I need to look more at my money and see what I can give away because you not- really should be doing more. Right. People yeah. that can afford to need to be doing as much as possible and giving back. And I'll say one last thing. Tim Dillon made me laugh so hard on his podcast this week because he said that Big Daddy Zaslov. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's what's Zaslov's first name? David. David Zaslov, who is like one of the ex- executives um, that which one is he? Sony? No, he's um, uh, it's uh, Warner Discovery, right? OK, yes. OK, so Big Daddy Zaslov. <laughs> Um, you know, people are first of all, Tim Dillon said his mom died and her her dying words were pay the writers. Which is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's all she wanted was just pay the writers. And then and then he said he also said his mom died because he didn't she didn't want to live in a world where Tucker Carlson wasn't on TV. <laughs> and so see, I mean, Tim Dillon's podcast is full of fucking gems. Oh, but then he also said people people are mad at Big Daddy's ass. He, that's what he calls him. People are mad at Big Daddy's ass because he decided to pay himself a quarter of a billion dollars. And you know what? What what's he supposed to do if he doesn't? If he, if he doesn't know his worth, if he doesn't know his worth, who will? You have to know your worth. <laughs> so he made it into this thing of like know your worth. It's so fucking funny. It's one of my favorite things to do is listen to Tim Dillon's podcast with Chris. And he and we Giannis left, were like Giannis popped. They were yes. like, why can't why can't you be for the Russians and the Ukrainians? <laughs> They just want to play both sides. They I want to be with support the writers, the writers and Big Daddy's and ass. Big Daddy's ass. Why can't you do both? He goes, he said, uh, if you want me to star in every Netflix show, I will. If no one's going to work for Netflix, I will. Yeah. Tim was like, I'll go, I'll reprise girls. I'll be Lena Dunham's character. <laughs> <was so> funny. <laughs> I really love it. And um, man, it makes me laugh. Uh, I, I uh, implore other people to get into that because um, it's been a while since I've like loved to comedy podcast so much that I listen. Do you all feel the like time. you needed to, uh, like some sort of a setup for Tim? Because I feel like with, for for me, I've I've told other people to listen, and they're like, "Well, he's saying some crazy stuff," and you're like, "No, he's he's doing a this he's is Cole a thing. Bearing. He's uh, being he's hilarious. The Colbert Show, kind of like yeah, yeah he's." He's taking, he's, doing. he's taking the wrong side of things, sometimes on purpose to be funny. Yeah. He told Lizzo that she needs to get thin now because the fat people have abandoned her, <laughs> that she flew too close to the sun. He, I think he makes these outrageous statements of like, Lizzo, leave the fat people behind. They abandon you. He, he said something else that is so crazy that I can't say it, repeat it on here. No, but God, it made me laugh because it's so outrageous. And it's you did. Not you did really say what, it on here. 
the piggies have left the barn or something? No, I didn't say it on here. I don't don't think I said it on here. You did. You did. Oh, well, he said, yeah, leave the pigs in the (laughs) barn, like leave the cows in the barn or something. Like, it's just, that's funny to me because no one should call fat people cows. No one should imply (laughs) that they're in barns. It's an insane thing to say. And that's why it makes me laugh. It didn't make me laugh because I'm like, yeah, fat people are cows. No, please. No. And by the way, Tim Dillon is a fat person. It's funny to come out from his. It's just, it's so funny. And then he did this whole song as Lizzo about like (laughs) what she would be like when she's like her song when she gets thin. (laughs) And it's so. Oh, and funny. then somebody made it into a real song with yes, like auto tune. Yes, it was so good. There, no, I, nothing is making me laugh harder than his podcast these days. Nothing. And uh, I was listening one day, and um, he was talking about Taylor Swift, and he said in the middle of it, he goes, "Nikki Glazer's going to be very mad about this." And I was so fucking happy I got name checked. I was like, it was one of the greatest days ever. I was like, yes. You got yeah. It's it's. I'm it, just such a fan. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. He is. Um, and, and to get it, it feels it feels good to get what he's doing. Yes, if, if you if you're offended you, by him, you don't get it. You have to get it. And, and you have every right to be because you're, you know, it it is offensive on paper, but I I promise you I'm not laughing at leave the cows in the barn, Lizzo. Yes. It's just it's funny that he would tell her to do that. <laughs> And that's an outrageous thing to say. And sometimes the outrageous things make me laugh, but I am not, I'm not signing on to fat shame and that's not what he's doing either. He's just saying things to be funny. And I think sometimes that's what I do and it gets taken out of context and I'm not as brilliant as Tim Dillon. And so sometimes I say things and out of context, they sound fucking crazy. If you don't know that I'm saying them with a, um, like sarcastically satirizing something. Yes. Satirizing. Set, satirizing. To satirizing and thing. Um, all right, guys, that's the show. Sorry for the delays. Sorry we lost Anya and Brian and Noah at the end of it, but we made it through. We weathered the storm. We'll be back next week. I'll be back in studio. Everything will be fucking seamless as shit. I can't even wait. <laughs> Thank you, um, Chris, for joining us on these two episodes. You'll be back again. Don't even think you won't. We lived in it together now, bitch. Um, Chris is living with me. We'll have updates on that. We're living together starting next week. Mm-hmm. It begins. Well, it began like two days ago. I know. We're together forever, baby. Yeah. Disasters ahead. Yep. <laughs> Imminent. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, check out my tour dates, NikkiGlazer.com. Can't wait to see you out there. Chicago and Peoria coming up very, very soon. Anya will be on that tour as well. And we have new merch and so many exciting little uh, treats lined up for you. So we'll see you next week. Don't be care. And just tip 15% at least. (laughs) Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in LA. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 